Hello, Hello and welcome to the Alternative Twats podcast with Brian, the most bovine man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Which means like a cow. I know what bovine means. <laughs> and I just, I'm just trying to process it in my head. Uh, oh, I don't... And whatever. And biddly bing bong men tip lady. <laughs> I like that, biddly bing bong men tip lady. Uh, and so, welcome to the Alternative Twats podcast. So called because we're alternative and. <laughs> uh, one day that joke will be so unfunny that we'll be like, so called because we're alternative and crickets. <laughs> but no, I I think it, it gets funnier with age. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, hello, welcome. Um, we are mildly distracted. By yes. <laughs> Belgium playing Tunisia at the moment. Uh, and I've got some money on there being more than three goals in it, and it's currently sitting at three goals. So. Oh, do you? Yeah. So you need one more goal. Well. I need one more goal. How much, how much money? Uh, something like five pounds. That's not bad. Yeah, I would not sniff at five pounds. Yeah. I'd sniff at a lot of things. Most, most people roll up £20 notes if they're going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we get the beer open? Yes, let's get open a beer. So, it's... we like going back to last week when we had Belgian beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, so, we have a lot of beers on backlog now <laughs> yeah. to get through. So, this is another Belgian one. It's 10.5%. We decided to start off. We, we didn't even think to start off with a... Nope. But nope, it's all right. it, You know, we go in hard and we, we go in. Go hard or go home. Mm-hmm. And you're already home. I can't read anything that it says, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, oh, dark strong Belgian beer with re-fermentation. Oh. So that probably means... Oh, pray silence for the crack. That it ferments in the bottle. Mm. And I think that's how you get so high a percentage. Woo! Does it, does it singe your nose hairs? It's... Um, well, it's quite dark. Oh, I really like that colour. It's a really rich brown. And the head is magnificent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, it, Bride has about six inches of head right now. <laughs> and I... <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, just, I wasn't even going for that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not even going to... Uh, but on the nose... It's, it's, we're, we're very becoming a cliche of ourselves. It's very but, uh, Belgian. You'll never guess what it smells like, Ryan. <laughs> it smells like Belgium. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's that, that wheatiness. Um, and you can definitely smell the 10.5%. That That is a given mm. on on these sort of beers. I'm really, really excited to get, to get into this one. I'm also going to try... Because do you remember we had that peanut butter beer and I stuck my nose in it and it started to fizz down in a column in a really, really weird fashion? Oh, yeah. I'm going to stick my finger in it and see if that happens this time. No, no, it does not happen this time. Stick your nose in it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just my nose. I'm like Rudolph, but with beer. Well, I stuck my nose in it and it didn't really work. Uh, So now I just have beer on my nose. (laughs) Beer on your nose and egg on your face. What? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, the, the phrase is having egg on your face oh, just I makes suppose. you look silly so I'm going to go in for the first sip I don't know about you I'm actually I'm going to wait because there's still so much head if there's anything you know about me Brian is that I blunder in where people have told me not to go <laughs> how is it oh oh my god 
is actually, despite the darkness of it, quite lagery. There, there is a lagery taste to it. Okay, I'm going to have to go for it. And it, it's very, very full. In fact, you can probably take a sip every 20 or 30 seconds Ooh, yeah, and still very... be tasting it, mm. which is really, really nice. I, and I'm glad, really, because if it was light and you could drink it like it was water, then I would probably start stop making sense. Yeah, <laughs> very quickly. I think all of our beers today are very strong, actually, so we should probably... Mm. Uh... Well, there's I'll no... There's say, no yeah, we, we can't... <laughs> there's no airbags on this ride. <laughs> so, uh, I suppose it's been over two weeks, technically, since we recorded the last podcast. It, did, it, has. it has felt like a while, because we did it early last time. Mm. We, I mean, we were doing it on Saturday this time, so it's still early, but been 15 days i suppose and i'll I'll tell you brian i have been bed bound i i've been gripped by a influenza i've got world cup fever oh me too (laughs) (laughs) i i love in fact one day i think i might call into work sick And say that I've got World Cup fever. See, I, I mean, I, I like that. I've used that joke many a time before with FA Cup fever. Mm. And in fact, when the football team I support got to the final of the Hearts Senior Cup, I made a I've got a Hearts Senior Cup final fever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, that was, that was good. I appreciate mm. it. I was like, oh shit, have you been ill? I, haven't, I guess I haven't <laughs> spoken too much in the last week. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say for a second now, I sounded kind of ill, but mm. just. The hay fever is allergy season. Hashtag hay fever. Ugh, it's a, it's a nightmare. It is, and I'll tell you what I'm. I might have talked about this on the last podcast, but I'm slightly in the closet to myself about the fact that I have hay fever. Right. So I'll be like, oh, I can probably just tough it out, and then I'm like, oh, I'm dying. Oh. I'm absolutely dying. And also, Belgium almost <laughs> just scored. <laughs> and that would have given you your bet as well. It would have given me my that bet. That would have given you both, two of your bets in one. Yep. Because so, would you like to... So I've got a bet on Romelu Lukaku to score twice, or more. And I've got a bet on uh, the, there to be more than three and a half goals in this match. And there is currently three, three goals and Romelu Lukaku scored one of them. And he almost just scored another one. Yes. Which would have just sorted you right out. It would have. But uh, I'm sure it will still. I, I I would like to tell this story actually. So, I um an unnamed Irish bookmaker uh, <laughs> appeared on my um <laughs> rhymes with um laddie shower. <laughs> laddie shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, they arrived on my Instagram advertising a fifty to one price on England to beat Panama. Go on, yes, yes! go on. Oh, rip, rip headphone users. Sorry, yeah, that has sorted you Romelu right. Lukaku has just scored, and bets. he's won me eight pounds. <laughs> Look at that man right there. So, sorry, both of your bets come in at eight pounds. Yeah, so it was like three, three to one. That's still not bad. That's still pretty yeah. good. Um, so yeah, so I had one. If I put one pound on England to win, I got fifty to one odds. That's good. So, so I, I then when I won that bet, it. It was only in free bets, so mm. it wasn't in real money. It was only in money that I could spend on other bets. Yeah. So I, I then went through a thing of trying to bet on every single game that I knew was <laughs> a certainty, and then 
All of those games weren't certainties. All of those games weren't certainties. So, like, Argentina didn't win versus Iceland. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was a um, shocker. Their, their goal, Iceland's goalkeeper so saved a penalty from Messi, and their goalkeeper is a part-time footballer and, and goalkeeper, a film director. Uh, and <laughs> Messi is the best player in the world. Well, it, one of the best players <laughs> in the world. See, that's my thing, because I'm always like, yeah, Messi is definitely the best player in the world. And then I just and then I just watch Ronaldo do something ridiculous, and I'm like, how can I say Messi is the best player in the world? <laughs> when Ronaldo scored a hat-trick against Spain in the opening his opening game of the World Cup, that is a call Against out. Spain. That is an absolute call out. One of the best teams in the world. Although they did just sack their manager, so. True, but still. True. A hat trick against so, a lot of his usual teammates mm. for Real Madrid. Sorry. Anyway. So uh, I um I went I used my strategy of betting on teams that were certain to win, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so then I uh, I made an accumulator where I did like all of the good teams to win. And then Denmark Australia to draw, which was something like eleven to one. And then, so I was watching like Brazil win, yeah, definitely. I was I was watching uh, Spain win or whoever it was, yeah, definitely. And then I was watching Denmark Australia, and it was the most end to end game <laughs> you can imagine. It was like, oh, uh, Denmark gonna score? Oh, are Australia gonna score? Are Denmark gonna score? Are Australia gonna score? And then eventually it came in at fifty seven pounds. So I I have. From my one pound investment, I have got fifty seven pounds. That like of real money. Of real that, money. Wow, that is amazing. Actually, I thought that was just still free bet money that yeah. you're talking about. So I, <laughs> I'm very aware <laughs> that I'm, I'm a very excitable person, <laughs> and I'm a very impulsive person. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep spending that money until it's the end of the World Cup, and then I'm going to delete the app and never use it ever again. <laughs> Football betting is so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun, but also it changes the dynamic because I, I could be watching a game and be like, oh, I want, you know, I want this team to win because, you know, it'll be a nice story and whatever. And I just, you know, I want to feel quite nice for them. And then when I've got money on, it's like, do better. <laughs> I cannot believe that you would disgrace your country like this, Panama. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, oh, what was the game the other day? Was it, uh, oh, Poland. You had Poland to win, didn't you? Mm. And, uh, uh, who are they playing? Um, Someone not very Senegal. good. Yeah, Senegal. Yeah, Senegal. Senegal beat them 2-0. That was a good mm. game, actually. Um, we won't. We promise not to talk about football the entire podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like that can that may be alienating to some <laughs> listeners. But um, it's, it's a very exciting time in football right now. Yeah, and it's a very exciting time for my bank balance as well. <laughs> <laughs> it, and that's the thing. There's so much volatility mm. with it. Like, I'll be like... Oh yeah, I, I'm so good at predicting what's going to happen. I'm just, I'm a genius. And then, like, Spain will lose because I think that they're the best team in the world, and I put fifty quid on it. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, Germany lost one 0 to Mexico. Yeah, huge stunner. In fact, I had some money on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is, don't look to me for betting advice. And if you want, if you want a tip, don't bet on things. Just don't bet on things. <laughs> Do you know the song Not Addicted by The Streets? I oh, know. It's on A Grand Don't Come For Free. Mm. Very good song. Oh, then I'm, I must know it. But, but it's it... about like betting on football. And mm. the chorus is, uh, he's not addicted, he can stop any time. But this one's going to pay out. He knows that this one will be fine or something like that. Mm. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a whole song about just betting on football, essentially. And uh, it ends with uh, 
maybe I need to rethink my betting shit, maybe change the parameters a little bit, stop betting to win the football and start betting to lose the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, because I, I feel like I've done quite well in my gambling career. Because I we I won that money at the casino. Yep. Uh, I won this money on the football. It seems like I can't lose. <laughs> it seems mm. like I can't lose. Yes, and if you just stop, then we'll never know. Yes, we will never know. <laughs> um, but no, see, I love like when on the, in the football season, I love putting on a cheeky little accumulator mm. once a week. You know, just stick two, three quid on maybe whatever, and sometimes they come in. They come in enough that it's worth doing. Mm. Plus, it makes it more exciting as well because you're watching the game, and then you've got the excitement of all of these other results being really important as well. Mm. So you have to keep checking. I don't know. It makes everything a bit more exciting, I think. It, it is a rush, but I'm worried that it's become a going to become a rush that I'm going to become dead to. When the and fun then, stops, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be, like, putting £50 pounds on, like, <laughs> Romelu Lukaku to sneeze in the 79th minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. I enjoy betting, but just... Uh, I only... I'll never bet... Uh, More than you can afford to lose. Yeah, like whenever I put a bet on, I always just assume that I've lost it straight away, mm. which I think is healthy. This beer is very nice. It is very, very nice. And th- th- it is so much of a sipper, though. Yeah. And that is really nice. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is our Belgian beer, our only Belgian beer of today. We got mm. all the. Yeah, the, and the others are all fierce, Scottish fierce beers. Fierce yeah. beers, yeah. Uh, which have been sat in my uh, like utility room for the last two weeks, and I keep looking at them and be like, "Oh, that sounds good. Mm. Oh, that sounds good." <laughs> yeah, they uh, like the peanut one was a little bit of a uh, an anticlimax. Yeah, I mean, I still enjoyed it enough. Mm. I think if it was cold, it would have been perfect. That's the thing as well. I think yeah, we've we've got them chilled today, which mm. is good. So. And in, in controversial beer news, actually, oh, yeah. because we've we've drank. A couple of Beaver Town Brewery beers yeah. on this podcast, and we've—I think the response has been overwhelmingly positive. But um, they've just sold some of their company to Heineken in return for them helping them ramp up their production. And I saw the—I uh, really, really uh, felt for the social media guy <laughs> <laughs> because there were so many people just ragging on him, saying. This is disgusting. You're going to become one of those horrible beers. Uh, and I didn't know this, but Heineken, in Ireland especially, they say to uh, pubs, well, you need to take off all of the nice craft beers if you're going to serve Heineken. Oh. And we're not going to like supply, supply you with Heineken unless you do what we say. Interesting. Which is like a horrible thing to do. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I, like, on my base knowledge of hearing about it, I was like, well, surely it's a good thing. It's, mm. you know, getting, like, craft beer it more into the mainstream. I mean, BrewDog has done that through and through. Yeah. But they put, sort of, you know, the idea of craft beer into, like, mainstream. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, yeah, it's, it's all positive. But I suppose if... Uh... And it, it's funny because, like, running along with the theme of this podcast... It's a lot like when people like an indie band and then they become big. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you, but you didn't try Beaver Town when they were cool. <laughs> so I, I think that there is a lot of hipsterishness. Yeah. But I also think that there is a lot of well-placed anxiety about, well, you're bringing this like commercial, we churn out as much beer as possible. Yeah. Uh, like 
connection into your company and, and maybe you won't make as nice beers anymore. I do have a really interesting uh, point that I, I, I want to discuss. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like something that yeah. I was uh, thinking yeah, about no. the other day. Um, so a couple of things, just about IPAs and sort of craft beer in general. Mm. Um, I One is that I saw a post on Twitter the other day that said, uh, IPAs are just uh, pumpkin spice lattes for white men. And I was like, <laughs> <That's> shit. <probably laughs> true. It's like I feel very attacked right now. Um, and the other uh, being that, beer, like, you know, we talk about all the different interesting beers that we try on this podcast, and I love that, and I love trying all these other beers. But, like, so, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, uh, celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain, unfortunately, uh, killed himself. Mm. Um, and so a lot of stuff was going on around Twitter of like how great a person Anthony Bourdain was essentially and he was like I mean I didn't know him mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I do I really he was always a pleasure to watch and stuff on TV um, and, uh, and the... he approached uh, food from a sociological and anthropological point of view of like how does this influence culture and things like that which yeah. I think is a is a much more interesting way to do it than like you fry the onions. Literally, yeah. yeah. It like, and that's that's. I mean, that's the kind of thing I love about. That's what I love about uh, Ugly Delicious on Netflix because mm. it that does exactly the same. Um, but uh, they, someone was sharing around uh, a view that he held about like beer culture mm. and stuff. And actually, I'm gonna try and find. I'm, I'm gonna try and find it and read like what he said, um, which I realise is probably a bit like I've, I chose. A bit late to um, uh, to have a to try and find it. I should have found it before I started talking. But um... but I I think that yeah that the um, especially beer culture as it stands at the moment it's quite an elitist thing. Yeah. It's like oh well you you drink Stella you drink that cheap stuff. Well I I drink I, I'll have the. Uh, the punk IPA. Yeah, I mean, there, we are very guilty of doing that. To be fair, and we are. <laughs> um, but I, I don't. I don't think that I would ever like. I would. I would shit talk the beer. Yeah. But I wouldn't ever shit talk the people that. Drink oh the beer. no, definitely. But like, so this is what Anthony Bourdain said. So someone was interviewing him and said, "I read somewhere that based on some drinking on the show, you were getting flamed online from beer snobs. Does that happen often?" And he said, "A lot. I would say that the angriest critiques I get." from people about shows or when I'm drinking whatever convenient cold beer is available in a particular place and not drinking the best beer out there. You know, I haven't made the effort to walk down the street 10 blocks to the microbrewery where they're making some fucking Mumford and Sons IPA. (laughs) People get all bent about it, but look, I like cold beer. I like to have a good time. I don't like to talk about beer, honestly. I don't like to talk about wine. I like to drink beer. If you give me a really good one, a good craft beer, I will enjoy it and say so, but I'm not going to analyse it. Uh, I was in San Francisco and I was desperate for beer and I walked into this place. I thought it was an old bar and I sat down and I looked up and I noticed there was a wide selection of beers I'd never heard of, which is fine. Okay, I'm in some sort of brew pub. What's good? But I looked around. The entire place was filled with people sitting there with five small glasses in front of them, filled with different beers, taking notes. This is not a bar. This is a fucking invasion of the body snatchers. This is wrong. This is not what a bar is about. A bar is to go and get a little buzzed. Um, and pleasantly derange the senses and have a good time and interact with other people or make bad decisions or feel bad about your life. It's not to sit there fucking analysing beer. It's antith- antithetical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I actually agree with. Um, as someone that drinks a lot of craft beer and mm. likes trying loads of different beers, what I, what I agree with is that I w- I'd say that's not a bar. 
yeah. that he has gone into there. Well, I, because I, I have done that. I have gone into a a like a beer shop and got a flight. Yeah, and uh, I totally yeah. love the idea of that as well. I've not done it, but it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. But. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good because you get to try so many beers and you it's like it's not that much beer so you get really really buzzed at the end of it but you've only had like three pints and you've tried six beers or whatever uh so it's really really good but i think i think that yeah probably taking notes is a bit yeah. much it, i mean it but, depends if you're like a beer blogger or something mm. like because i mean we kind of took some notes at the beer festival didn't mm. we? we drank like in well, I mean, I was drinking thirds all day. Yeah. And, yeah, so... Uh, and I think, actually, what we do here is similar to taking notes, where we're like, oh, it's quite brown, it's quite tasty, it's quite full, that that sort of thing. Yeah, we just do that vocally. Ver- <laughs> yeah, verbally. But I, I think that also what occurs in those pubs is also everything else that happens on this podcast, where we're like, you know what, Brian? I fucking hate coleslaw. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I think that that's probably like, I think that that's probably just an old manish take from oh. anti, Anthony Bourdain, just being like, yeah, definitely these young whippersnappers. Yeah, they don't don't know they're born type sort. So my when I say I agree, my my point is that like I agree that he's not in a bar there, and I agree that there shouldn't be so much snobbery around like mm, beer. definitely. But um, if you like a beer, you like a beer. It doesn't matter if it was brewed brewed like. On the tip of an iceberg or yeah. whatever. But I just, yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting uh, take. And especially, like, especially considering the podcast that we have. Mm. <laughs> um, I, and, uh, you know, how I suppose it's a relevant topic in the news at the moment. Mm. Um, I was completely, I was completely shocked when I heard. I was kind of, kind of just like, wait, like, Anthony Bourdain is dead. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's funny, like, one of the things that I'm always surprised... Well, not always, but oft- sometimes when someone dies, you're reminded that people can die. Yeah. And um, that that's yeah. one of the really weird things to me, like, that someone can exist and then not exist. Because there are some people who, I don't know, de- death seems a natural progression for them. Mm. Uh, and so you've grown up with this person and then, and then you think about, oh, won't it be really, really sad when this person dies and then they die and then you go through the mourning process and and then you're okay with it. Mm. And then there are some people where it's like, but you weren't meant to die. Yeah. That's, that's not, it's not how you end. You end in some, (laughs) some other way. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, um... One of my uh, friends from school, uh, unfortunately, has, has died. And, like, we weren't really, really close. And I found out a couple of months after he died. But um, I couldn't believe that someone my age yeah. could die. Like, how, how does that work? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. It's just... Isn't death a funny concept? It's this very strange concept. Mm. Um, let's... Stop talking about it as well. (laughs) I think it's quite interesting from a philosophical point of view. Oh, definitely. But it's also maybe a bit depressing. It might be a bit (laughs) depressing. But also, I'm going to look at this entire episode through the lens of us sitting in a, like, in a brewer's pub now. (laughs) That would, that's like, that is a very, well, I'm just sitting in a pub talking about death. Yeah, I suppose so. I like to think that this podcast is very much just us 
sitting in a pub. Yeah. Like, I, I see a lot of stuff about podcasts. It's like people always feel like, you know, you're sat having a conversation with the people mm. doing the podcast. I like, I'd like to think that people could think about that sitting in a pub. And if you've ever listened to this podcast sat alone in a pub while having a beer, please cheers. please let us know. And also, cheers, cheers you. if you're doing it right now, cheers. Um, I'm going to go grab the and it, In fact, that would be fantastic content for our Instagram page. So <laughs> <laughs> if you could take a picture, that would be great. Yeah, take a picture and then send it to us. <laughs> Brian's just gone to get more beers. Um, I, I, it, we have been very beer heavy, so I and I know that a lot of people don't like the beer, but I've tried to keep it emotionally centered rather than factually centered. So, because I, I feel like anyone can respond to emotions. If you get what I mean, do you get what I mean, listeners? You get what I mean. <laughs> emotions are a universally. Uh... They're a universal language. Like, you, you see someone from, like, a tribe in the Amazon laughing. You know what they're doing. <laughs> like, if you see someone... I, I can't remember what documentary I was watching, but there was a um, someone trying to cross a river uh, and, like, not get themselves wet. And then they fell in. And then it panned up to the family that were watching the husband, like, try and cross the river. And they were all laughing. <laughs> it's like, that is humanity right there, yeah. just in a tableau. Um, okay, so... I've, I've got this beer called Dirty Sanchez, which is a Chipotle porter, which mildly terrifies me. Yeah, I'm not got, gonna lie. I've seen the word chili kick there yeah. on the can. Dirty Sanchez is a smoked porter with notes of chocolate and wood smoke. Then we add a sombrero full of Chipotle chili, smooth and warming. Then kaboom! A hard ass chili kick. Drink with caution, amigo. That scares me. A sombrero is quite a large hat. So if they put a sombrero full of Chipotle chili, then we're going to be in for a bumpy ride. But we we don't know how big the the container of beer it was. It might be quite dilute, diluted. Well, I can only assume that there is a, uh, a sombrero full in this one can. <laughs> I I think as well. One thing is like chili gets hotter with water. Mm. So. Oh god, it's gonna be a nightmare. But um, in the meantime, if you will get on your knees and pray silence for the crack. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good crack. So a sniff. What's the crack? Is that that is the crack? Mm. How's it on the nose? I don't know. I can't really tell yet. Brian just sniffed the can. Oh, listen to that porridge, listeners. I mean, you've got no choice unless you mute it for that small section. Oh my god, that's so smoky. This is me rummaging the can against Ben's glass to get the last <laughs> drops out. That is oh, yeah. so smoky. And it comes out looking a lot like a Guinness, but with a little bit of a darker head. Because yeah. Guinness comes out with an entirely white head. This one's slightly tinged. So I I noticed that Paddy Power on uh, Twitter are openly supporting Nigeria. Mm. in the World Cup because A, Nigeria have the best kit and it's also green mm. and also Nigeria uh, drink the most Guinness of any country in the world maybe apart from Ireland that is surprising yeah apparently Ooh. Guinness is massive in Nigeria so wow that's really really interesting I want to see if there's a difference between Irish and Nigerian Guinness now well there is kind of there is between like english and uh, yeah 
Irish, isn't there? So, but also I have tried Guinness recently, and it is a lot better than it was like five years ago. Oh, that's interesting because so, I I like Guinness. Because when I tried it five years ago, it tasted like soil. It was interesting. Horrible. I don't, Absolutely I mean, horrible. When did I last? When I started drinking Guinness properly, when I was in my first year of uni. Um, so I guess that's like three years ago, four years ago, even. Um, and I quite yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, should we? So I, I've just um, just taken it on the nose, and it's got me with a chili kick in the back of the throat. How is it, Brian? It's nice. No kick yet. Oh yeah, that smokiness. There's a real richness in the smokiness, and I can feel the chili coming up. It's coming up. Oh, and it's, it's not too bad. Actually. I don't know. Yeah, I am. Um, I was expecting like a big after kick. Mm. It's actually just got, like quite a smooth sizzle at the end. I was going to say this is very pleasant, mm. and I honestly thought it wasn't going to be. <laughs> so. But do you see what I mean about like fierce beers? They do punch you in the face with the flavour. Like yeah. you couldn't mistake this for any other kind of beer. Could no, you? yeah, no. This is. This it's, is a, it's a very signature fierce beers sort of thing. You know, I'm I'm hyping these guys so much. I'm gonna at them on Twitter. <laughs> you should. <laughs> but no, this is yeah. Big fan of fierce beers. Mm. I'm, I'm getting yeah, I'm fact, getting some it, slight spice in the back of my tongue mm. now. The more I drink. Oh, and if you're listening, fierce beers, please bring back that chili and lime beer because that was fantastic. Was that? We, do we have? No, I didn't. Have no, that. you didn't try it. That, but that is possibly the weirdest but tastiest beer I've ever had. Not the garlic bread beer. No, I think that it probably is the chili and lime beer. Wow. Although I was very drunk at the time, so I I can remember saying to my mum, "Mum, I was trying this most amazing beer. <laughs> it's just it's chili, lime, and ginger. I was just a fizz beer." And she was like, "Okay, Ben. No, mum, you got to try this beer, man. It's just so amazing." <laughs> and then she told me in the morning that I didn't make any sense. Hmm. <laughs> This is a good beer. It's a very good beer. So, what have you been listening to this week? I've been listening to a wide variety of things. You know what? Spotify Discover have been knocking it out of the park recently. Out of the park. I am contemplating making the switch from Apple Music to Spotify. Did you see that tweet where it was like, uh, Spotify. Hi, yeah, I've just made a lot of playlists that I thought you'd like, so if you want to listen to them, that's okay, and if you don't, that, that's alright. I, ju- I just really like, I, I know that you like these songs, so I thought I'd make a new playlist every single day, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Apple Music is like, yo, have you heard the new Drake song, Lamal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Apple Music is pretty good, and it has uh, a good... Like, so you have, like, your discovery page or whatever on Spotify, right? Mm. Yeah, so you've got a similar thing on Apple Music, and it's, like, for you, and it gives you, like... It, it does quite a nice thing that I quite like, that it's, like... It'll be, like, if you on Wednesday, and it's, like, Wednesdays are albums for Wednesday or something. And it's kind of, like... It actually is mm. quite nice, and they do quite well with it. Um, so, my Discover Weekly contained Bad Boys by Paddy Hanna, and this is, like, such a chill song about just, like... The film I, Bad Boys. No. <laughs> Will Smith oh my God! Oh. Oh. He, he just took it round the keeper. Is that Hazard? Yeah, that's Eden Hazard. He is hazardous in front of goal. Four one. Four one. That my not, bet has come in. We're not gonna get the uh, England. Aren't gonna get past Belgium on goal difference. I don't think. At no. This point. They they won three nil 
Now they're another three goals up. We need to yeah, that's a lot of goals. And we so far we are one goal up. Uh, so yeah, Bad Boys by Paddy Hanna is so chill. Um, just like making fun of, I suppose life and just the the idea of like making bad decisions and that those are bad. It's like, well, just make bad decisions. They're <laughs> fine. Uh, golden Retriever, which is about. <laughs> Having a girlfriend who's like a golden retriever because she's so happy all the time. <laughs> um, After Dark by The Count and Sinden, which is a remix of The Mystery Jets. And Count and Sinden do some hella good remixes, so I would recommend Count and Sinden. Yeah, um, I listened to that after you sent that to me. Because yes. I quite like Mystery Jets anyway. So. I love Mystery Jets, and I've seen them live. Nice. Um, they're not going anymore, are they? They were. I think they're done. Oh, because their um, lead singer has some sort of degenerative disease in his legs. Right. So that might be why. When he um, when he plays the guitar, he has to have a pillow on his legs oh. because he can't rest the guitar in his legs. Oh wow. Um, and yeah, so the um, the yes, the song After Dark is about having a physical relationship with someone, but not an emotional relationship with someone. Right. And I think that that is. It's just a hilarious concept to me, and the way that they sing about it and describe it in the song is fantastic. And then I I am gonna stop, but um, Ezra Furman, My Zero, um, which I'm not sure if it's about this, but this is what it makes me think of. You know, in a graph where you start is like zero zero. Yeah. It makes me think of like having someone to be your your zero, like your constant point, and I, you will always be my zero, is is a really, really romantic concept, and yeah, I, I, like I, I found that quite nice. Yeah, I like that. Is that is that it? Uh, well, I, I can carry on if you want, but um, because as I say, knocked it out of the park, Spotify. You have, um, I, and also Butch by Saint Motel, which is about, I think, a girl who dresses up in her dad's clothes and then feels a lot like herself and then the lead singer falls in love with this girl uh, and doesn't realise that she's a lesbian I think yeah. and he's like yeah I can, I can see us being married but um, unfortunately it's not meant to be it's mm. quite tragic but quite nice yeah. um, did I speak about Defefana's new song last podcast I feel like you did I think it had come out that day actually um, so I Can't Wait by New Shoes Mm. Um, which came on when we were in the Brewdog Bar in Brighton a couple of weeks ago. Um, and but new shoes spell N U S H O O Z, so kind of <laughs> like too many zoo. Is it too many zoos? Oh, I'm not sure. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do know who you're talking about. Because I know it's spelled like S O O Z or something. Um, that's a good song. Uh, I've been listening, so I've just been listening to so much of the streets. It's unreal. You are on a streets binge. Um, someone needs to stop you. Someone need no, no. You need no an intervention. Um, a Mike skin intervention. <laughs> oh God, no. Yeah, maybe I do need an intervention. Um, no, but yeah, the streets. Uh, are the hardest way to make an easy living album, which is a great album. Like, so <laughs> I've not listened to a Streets album and thought this is a bad album. <laughs> but like, whereas uh, the first two albums, Original Pirate Material and A Grand Don't Come For Free, are both like these very good uh, portrayals of like working class life in Britain. Mm. 
the hardest way to make an easy living is the first album after the streets, they've made like, it may, have made it yeah mm. so this album is all about like kind of dealing with fame and like being a celebrity and, and stuff like that and it's like the opening song is called pranging out and it's just about like how like i think the opening lyrics let me just get this up um are oh it doesn't have the bloody lyrics on apple music um, <laughs> you get Spotify, it's just what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it usually has the lyrics. But, um... I, I really like that song about um, when you're a famous boy, it's really easy to get girls, but then when you try and pull someone who's also famous too, it it can be quite difficult. Or yeah, the song's called When You Wasn't Famous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you're a famous boy, it gets really easy to get girls. It's also easy, you become a bit spoiled. But when you try and pull a girl who is also famous too, it feels just like when you wasn't famous. Yes. Yeah. I've been listening to it a lot. <laughs> um, that is going to be the theme tune to this podcast once we've made it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we're going to be happily married and settled down. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the opening lines from Pranging Out. So it's like the opening lines of the whole album. Mm. Are, I get back from touring and suddenly it doesn't seem so, like much fun to be off my face at quarter to 11am. And it's uh, mm. like, I don't know, I just think that's like a really good way to like open the album kind of thing. Because it's like, like I say, the whole album is this really good sort of portrayal of like fame and um, celebrity culture. And like, yeah, so When You Wasn't Famous is about... Uh, how it's uh, it's really easy to get girls now he's famous but mm. not when it's someone else who's famous um and i think that like pranging out like oh i'm not it's not fun to be high or whatever it is i don't really know what pranging out but is but um it, it's not fun to be making bad decisions at 11:45 a.m. like that's a little bit of a mirror of student culture i don't yeah. i don't know if you find that like as a student there's a there's a certain amount where it's like, hey, you'll never guess what stupid thing that I did. Yeah. I put vodka on my cereal and now I went <laughs> to my lectures drunk or whatever. <laughs> like you hear those stories and you're like, that is brilliant. That is fantastic. It's almost encouraged within student culture. Yeah. And then once you get out of that, you're like, actually, can I get calamar tea and um, can I go to bed early? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lyric in uh, when you wasn't famous. Um, but I realised with you the truth can be a whole lot worse than the fact. My whole life I never thought I'd see a pop star smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I think... Lyrically, Mike Skinner is a fucking genius. Mm. Uh, hands down. Uh, and there's a, there's a really emotional song called Never Went to Church. Actually, which is about like his dad um, and stuff like that. And that's, that's a really good song. But also, Original Pirate Material. The Street's first album. Which came out in 2002. Uh, I think I probably spoke about this in the last podcast, but Don't Mug Yourself. It's a great song. Mm. Um, too Much Brandy. Uh, let's Push Things Forward has it come to this. The irony of it all is a brilliant song, and I've been listening to it a lot, and it's like, he does these two characters in it. Uh, one uh, is a guy called Terry. Um, and the the lyrics... Uh, uh, hello, hello, my name's Terry and I'm a law abider. There's nothing I like more than getting fired up on beer. Oh, and yeah. in the weekends here, I exercise my right to get paralytic and fight. 
and he's talking about how he's a good bloke and he's a complete law abider. And then the then it switches to the other character, Tim, and he he's like, "Oh, hello, my name's Tim, and I'm a criminal. In the eyes of society, I need to be in jail." And it's like the two voices as well, like. And so Tim smokes weed on the weekend. Yeah. Rather yeah. than get drunk. Yeah, that's it. Tim Tim stays at home and smokes some weed, but he's like the criminal in the dangerous society mm. when Terry's like very open about getting really drunk and beating people up. Mm. It's a, it's a really good, um, what's the word for it? Uh, uh, yeah, I've noticed. Sort of representation of the legalization debate, do you think? Yeah, I suppose so. And that was in 2002. Mm. And now we're actually at a point where, well, Canada's we- entirely decriminalized it, yep. haven't they? It's recreational uh, use of weed is completely legal. Mm. It's not even just decriminalised. It's like, I think it's completely legal. There was a... Uh, there's a difference, isn't it, between like decriminalising something and yeah. making it legal, which is baffling. <laughs> well, so decriminalising something is like making it not illegal to do the activity. So the police couldn't arrest you for smoking weed. Yeah. Whereas legalising it means that you're actually allowed to buy it and you're allowed to produce it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I think um, one of the really, really interesting additions to the debate was the Kurzagad, um video on YouTube, which I'm not going to spell for you because it's really complicated. It's like <laughs> six Zs in it or oh, whatever. Um, but anyway, they said... Um, like th- three interesting arguments against the legalization of marijuana. I was like, oh, Kurzagad, I thought you were like, I would have thought you'd be pro. Yeah. Uh, and they said, well, you know, it keeps people safe. And then they were looking at the rate of like the strength of weed since the 1970s has just gone up and up and up and up because you want to get the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. Whereas if it was legal, I mean, we're sat here drinking beer, aren't we? And, yeah. and it's not the strongest that we could get. Whereas in prohibition times, people would drink... In fact, the invention of cocktails was because people would brew their own alcohol and it would taste so bad <laughs> that you'd have to put some fruit in it or something to make it taste nice. Oh, wow. And so you would just try and get the highest strength alcohol so you could get more bang for your buck. Whereas when it's legal, like alcohol is, then people go for less strong stuff. That is interesting. That's very interesting. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't get paralytic on beer, because we don't. We, we have. We, do, we definitely <laughs> and, do. And we, we continue to. But uh, we'd probably, it probably even, yeah, but your point is that maybe it would be worse if it wasn't mm. legal. Imagine, imagine the, Actually, I think the underground point. podcast. If it's yeah. like, Hello, this is DJ Timmy. <laughs> we will not share any names or yeah. uh, information about that. Um yeah, but no, that's a good point. I think, like, when we were younger and underage drinking, and mm. it wasn't as allowed, if you were underage drinking, you you were always getting really drunk. Yeah. Like... There's no moderation in underage drinking. No. And sometimes I miss underage drinking. Like, <laughs> like do you know what I mean? Like, I know, like, I think I can say this now, and that's and it's, it's a fine thing to say, um... As long as our listeners aren't underage and get any influence from what they're saying. Please do not drink underage. Don't. Um, But it was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know, there was something, because it felt like, like now I love drinking and we do a fucking beer podcast, Mm. but when it wasn't allowed, there was something like... There's something that's so sexy about things that are illicit. Yeah. Um, But we don't condone underage drinking. Which also 
is a really good argument for legalising marijuana because fewer young people will do marijuana yeah, if, if it's, it's legal. If it's legal, because it's like, well, so what, you know? Yeah, it's not like this. It's not a cool bad boy thing. thing. Do, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think I find it interesting that you say that because I didn't underage drink that much unless it was with adult supervision. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for dropping you in it. But um, yeah, no, I, but I think it's so like it's okay when you've got like a responsible adult with you. If you yeah, know. I mean not in licensed premises. But, well, no, but but yeah, I think to a degree, you know. My my, I used to go to football matches and my dad would buy me a beer or whatever. And I used to feel so grown up, but also fucking terrified that I'd get ID'd. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, my my experience of underage drinking was very, very limited to just what I did with my dad, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the house parties and stuff, mm. you know. But I didn't until I was like 16. Like, mm. when I say underage drinking, it wasn't like, you know, severely underage At 12. Drinking. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't drunk, I didn't get drunk until I was 16. Mm. So... Which at that point it barely feels underage. Yeah. Because you know, because at that point you can drink in licensed premises if you've got a meal and yeah. an adult. <laughs> as the in between. As the in between has taught us. Yeah. <laughs> I I just like that that episode stressed me out so much of like paying twelve quid for a pint. Yeah. Or, oh. Although that isn't far off what you paid in Iceland, is uh, it? That yeah, I paid around about that for a pint in Iceland. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um. Also, to just jump back quickly to the World Cup a little bit, mm. the World Cup 2026, the USA, Canada, and Mexico, that's really exciting. Yes. And I I sort of want to take maybe a month off work for that. Yeah. That's the kind of thing go. where like, I'm fully going for like the whole thing. Like, the only problem that I have is like Canada, US, Mexico is yeah, that is different. So you either need to fly between it all, or do you hire a car? You could imagine the insanely cool road tripping yes. that could be done. It, it would be amazing, but then, yeah, I, I suppose I'm doing it. I'm doing it whatever, mm. but I'm just worrying, worrying about cost. But Yeah, I totally get that, but we have eight years we to save. We have eight years. <laughs> you could open up a whole new bank account as World Cup Fund. I could. <laughs> and I might. Stick 20 quid in every payday mm. for now, for the next eight years. 20. So 12 times 8 is 64 times 20. How much is that? Uh, nine, 1,920. So that's that probably won't cover all of it. No. <laughs> but that, plus a bunch of other, mm. you know, that's... Doable. I might do that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll cover the flights. <laughs> Maybe. Um, if Trump hasn't descended us into a hellscape of... I was going to say, yeah. In fact, that would be funny. Like, we're on the plane from Mexico to Canada, and then we have to, like, take a diversion... <laughs> to go all the way around. ...around the lawless state of the US. <laughs> yeah, it's now just... Canada and Mexico. God. Or, um, no, I was going to make a controversial joke. Go on. Okay, so I was like, so we go to the World Cup with my dad, and we're on the plane 
like going over the US and they separate me and my dad so that we can't be together. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to go with something like that. I thought you were going to say like Canada, Mexico and Nazi Germany. Like, <laughs> um, Fuck Trump. Yeah, I mean, Hashtag it's fuck Trump. just ridiculous at the moment. Like, mm. let's not get into it. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. I am going to leave it there because I have a lot to say. And I yeah, me too. I don't want to get onto it. But fucking hell. Um, so what have I been listening to? Oh, and this is, oh, I was already talking about that, wasn't I? Went off yeah. on a tangent on the streets. I'll um, be honest, it, it's, just going back to the beer, there is a very, very pleasant burn in the back of my throat. Yeah, like, really, it's really, really nice. nice. I, was, I thought it was not going to be pleasant at all. But and at no really point good. does it get overpowering, which yeah. it, which was the problem with the salty beer. Yeah. With the peanut beer. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, the, all the street stuff. Uh, the Slaves have a new song called oh. Cut and Run. Yes, and I've listened to that. It's very, very it's good. It's very good. And it's very, like, it's quite dancey as well with its mm. rhythm. So seeing Slaves at Reading is going to be a treat, I think. An absolute snack. Yep. And, uh, yeah. A joy to behold. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've also been listening to Lake Street Dive, who are a band that I've liked for a long time. Um, they have an album called Bad Self Portraits. Uh, and the opening song is called Bad Self Portraits. Uh, and the lyrics... Uh, are talking about how uh, I bought this camera to take pictures of my love now that he's gone I don't have anybody to take pictures of mm. um, I'm taking landscapes and taking still lifes and taking bad self-portraits of a lonely woman kind of thing and it's really like it, it's a beautiful song and it's a beautiful album like the whole album's great it's quite country um, it's like country folk kind of thing but full band it's really mm. really good um, I've also been listening to a classical music for reading playlist um, which has been quite lovely. I've, I've been reading On the Road by uh, Jack Kerouac, which I have a lot to say about in a minute. <laughs> uh, well, not a lot, but I have things to say mm. about. Um, yeah, you, you the way that you talk about it like offline, you make me want to read it. It sounds really, really good. Really good. Um, also, did not know that, how, that is how Kerouac was spelt. Yeah. I was like, C, like C-A-R-A, whack. <laughs> yes, K E R O U A C. Yeah, Kerouac. Yeah. Um, so my friend uh, George, shout out to George. Shout out to George from uh, who I send went. Send nudes, George. Who went to uni with? Don't send nudes, George, please. <laughs> um, Speak for yourself, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he messaged me uh, about two weeks ago, just after we'd recorded the last podcast, and said that he'd listened to the podcast and he really enjoyed it. And I was hmm. like, oh, thanks. So um, you know means a lot. Uh, and then uh, about a week ago-ish, he sent me an EP um, called Creature Habits by a oh. group called Easy Life. Yes. Which is phenomenal. It's really good. Like, I've been listening to it non-stop and I'm just kind of like sad that there's no other music by them yeah. available to listen to, or that I can find anyway. Um, but no, it's great. Like, Pockets and Ice Cream and Slow Motion. I mean, all the stuff. There's six songs on it and they're all great. So, mm. you know. Yeah, so you messaged me after I'd come out of work and you were like, listen to this band. And I just downloaded them on my phone, got on the tube, and then li w listened to it. And I felt classy as fuck. Because <laughs> there's so, there's, it's like quite piano driven, even though it's not. It's not like classical at all. Yeah. But it's quite piano driven. It's like proper like chill wave mm. kind of stuff, isn't it? And so I, I was on the tube being like, oh, you fucking peasant. Do I listen to, <laughs> to a piano right now? <laughs> I'm listening to a piano. Um, but no, that is really great. Um, and they're on tour in November. 
Mm. Um, I'm thinking about maybe trying to get tickets. Because um, they're not very big at the moment. Like, George knows them. Knows the band. Knows, knows them personally? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's really cool. Which is why they've just released it, I think. So, But mm. it's really, really good. Um, so, yeah. Um, on tour in November, they're doing like the whole country. So... Um, I- I, I've been sorry. I just remembered that I've been listening to a lot of Janelle Monae, um, and I because I saw a lot of tweets about like she's non-binary. Sorry, continue. Oh God! If she's non-binary, what what pronouns does she like? They. 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 Uh, so they released an album. Um, oh my God! I I always thought of her as a woman, and now. The pronouns thing is throwing me. Uh, so they released an album. And... Right, sorry. I'm just going to clarify on the date. I'm, I'm almost... Uh, does she have that song that, uh, like, the way you can make me feel or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Almost positive she's non-binary. And I'm almost positive that the correct pronoun is they. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that's, that's, I'm just going to throw that out there. I could be wrong. So. so they released an album and a lot of people said, well, if... Childish Gambino had released that album, he would have got a lot more praise than she did. Right. Because men, rather than non-binary women, uh, get a lot more praise in the music industry for having political statements than women do. Yeah. And I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's probably true. I'm sure that I probably don't like Janelle Monae's music. I love Janelle's, <laughs> Janelle Monae's, Monae's music. Um... <laughs> There's there's a song that they've got um, screwed. Um, you fuck the world up now, and we'll fuck it all back down. <laughs> I like it. And I love that song. Uh, and then also the song it's it's about reclaiming pink as like just a thing that is the most basic thing. Like the inside of your heart is pink. Uh, and like the, the start of the oh, I just knocked the microphone. Rip headphone users. Damn it, Ben. Um, and like the the start of the the world comes from women and and pinkness and it, it's really really good. Although featuring on that album is Grimes and she's a problematic character. Do you think? I think so. How so? She is going out with Elon Musk. Yes. And I'm feeling quite vir- virulently anti Elon Musk. I uh, it's a whole it's a whole thing. I don't think know. that you can be. A millionaire without being a bad person. Uh, I just don't agree. I just don't. Like, say... Well, well, well okay, right. Let, let's that, put that, that... That's a broad statement. Let's put that broad statement aside. He stopped his workers from forming a union. Yes, and I do... Which is terrible. Yeah, but... A lot of companies do that. That doesn't make it right at all. <laughs> um, but I think from like, I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily pro. Yeah, I was very pro Elon Musk for a very long time. Uh, I loved the man mm. a lot. Um, lately, it's been a very. I I think that the the overwhelming negativity towards Elon Musk on like Twitter at the moment is a bit ridiculous and over the top. Um, but. I'll, I'll be honest, I've been listening to a lot of the Black podcast. Right. Uh, and they've really radicalised me quite a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, yeah, the, the whole eat the rich thing, 
I'm on, I'm on board. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, in a in a very weirdly opposite vein, I think I'm like, like I think I was saying like on on the last podcast that you know I I am quite left wing, but I think lately it's not been that I've not been so much left wing, but I'm like maybe seeing things from like a broader spec uh, perspective. Mm. That I hadn't seen before, which I don't really know how to verbalise properly. Um, oh, Lukaku oh, almost scored save. again! Oh my gosh, that wasn't that wasn't Lukaku. He's gone off. <laughs> Did you see the problem ju- with what you just, just said there? A, <laughs> it was a black Belgian striker. All right, we're not watching in HD. It's difficult to see. <laughs> um. You should watch it in HD, bro. What the fuck is wrong? We don't have HD channels. You don't have HD channels? Don't think so. Hang on. What's this, BBC? Yeah. Was it like 108? Yeah, press blue. Press blue! Oh, here we go. Oh, we do it. Oh, we do it. Oh my god, look how nice that is. Yeah, you made me out to be a racist because I couldn't see the blurry (laughs) fucking face. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's so much nicer. Why haven't we been watching this? For clarification, I'm not saying that Lukaku has a blurry face. I'm saying that in non-HD... He has a blurry face. Oh, that was a good save from a defender, straight around the keeper. Yeah, and then off the line. Off the line. Look at that. So you were saying about your broader Sorry. political spect- perspe- perspective. Yeah, I don't quite know how to verbalise it at the moment. Um, oh. So I. Think... That's okay. That can be a an emerging theme. Yeah, and I think, for example, like like I used to kind of agree with pretty much. And and this doesn't have anything necessarily to do with like how left wing I am or not. But I used to very much agree with almost anything that Jeremy Corbyn would mm-hmm. say or do, and now I'm quite a lot more critical. Me too. Yeah. So I think, and and that, that's the thing that made me sort of re, maybe perhaps rethink how I feel about certain things. But I don't. Yeah, I think maybe that might be not the right phrasing to say. That uh, my political spectrum is changing, but I just that is just how like how mm. I'm feeling about certain things quite often now. I think so. There was a um, an interesting. Sorry, can you finish your beer? Sure, I can finish my beer. <laughs> like I think I gave you more than me, which is probably my own fault. Um, I mean, that's okay. I I've been so consciously long. slowing down because I know that I always finish my beer before you and I don't want you to feel pressured oh no I'm putting the pressure on now fucking finish your beer that's fine because <laughs> I went and got this like five minutes ago I'm like I don't want it to get warm um, this is sorry just side note let's yep. just do the beer uh, this is a podcast about beer go for it it is uh, it's called Tangerine Tart it's a sour tangerine ale uh, Tangerine Tart is a master of disguise cuddly juicy and zesty on the outside but with a sour finish that comes out of nowhere and grabs you like a hungry wolf if beer is art then this is a secret street masterpiece. Streets. Streets. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to light some incense now and we're going to pray silence for the crack. <laughs> I'll just come up with my next one for that as well, actually. Okay, good, because we've got another beer to go. Yeah. Oh, this smells amazing. Just listen to that. The way that it lollops out of the can. Lollops, isn't that a fad? Oh, my God. It smells like a Spanish garden. That's so citrusy. Honestly, I am. I want to bathe in this stuff. 
Like a, it a, smells like a lovely shower gel. <laughs> it does. Tastes like one too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, on the nose, it is fantastic. Not that much head. Entirely white and a sort of golden hazy complexion. Uh, Brian, are you going to go in for your first sip? He's gone I, for I've it. I've already gone for it. Sorry. Where was the goal line technology on that? Oh, the the tartness is real, actually. It is, yeah. Very nice. Nice and sour. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just mildly distracted by the... No, okay, it wasn't a goal. Although I did have money on um, the woodwork to be hit as well, and that has just come in. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Your, your bets are flying in today. They are. I can't lose money. Can't lose. Mm. This beer is This good. beer is incredible. Mm. Well done, Fierce Beers. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. We've had some like quite smoky beers. Like the, um, the Belgian one was quite complex. And this one is just... It's fun. Yeah, it is a is fun a, yeah. beer. And I, I think that that's where Fierce Beers do best is where it's just silly cartoon beers yep. <laughs> it's like hey imagine if we like took bugs bunny and then shot him out of cannon and then made it into a beer it's just oh my god <laughs> i was thinking about when i was younger like bugs bunny made me want to eat carrots mm. really yeah like because he just stand there munching a carrot oh oh my, oh my god gosh number what? 21 um that that's that's the... Oh, I can never remember his name, but... Oh, well, he's going to show. Batsy Ue. Batsy He plays for Chelsea, but he's on loan at um, Borussia Dortmund. But... He, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he knew he scored that. Good save, to be fair. Um, <laughs> sorry for anyone that doesn't like football or beer. This is the wrong podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, this is quite. It's been a really good game, actually. I think mm. it's been very exciting, even though we sort of have been half paying attention to this, half paying attention to doing the podcast. Yeah. So apparently, I was um, our friend Dan, our sports correspondent. Yes. Um, uh, of told, episode three, fame. Like, he was on an, an episode. Yeah, like, it wasn't three. It was like no, it was six. Or something. Yeah, it's quite quite far in. Um, but he has just informed us that this World Cup has set a record for the most games in a row without a nil-nil draw, which is 27 so far. Mm. And, we'll and everyone loves a goal because they're so exciting. Like, it's been a fantastic World Cup so far. Mm. We had 20, yeah, 27, or is this the 28th game? Maybe it's the 20th. Maybe this is the 27th. It must be the 27th, I think. Um, and all of them have been relatively interesting games. Yeah. Yeah, there hasn't been a game where two teams have sat back and waited for the other one to attack. Yeah. Which, if you don't watch football, you will find most football games boring, but those are the most boring football games. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a... Um, a yeah, it, in the Italian league, if you watch two lower league teams play each other, they are quite often both playing out for a draw and a time-wasting from the first minute. <laughs> but the, but because neither of them are going to score, they're just it's just a pointless occasion. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I, this podcast does not endorse Italian lower league football. <laughs> this podcast does not endorse 
boring defensive football. Yeah. Overly defensive football. Because defensive football, nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, if you're up against the best attack in the world, whatever. Just do whatever you need to do, but yeah. don't set out to defend. Yeah. Be forced into a defensive posture. It's good. Oh, football. Mm. What a sport. Although, and beer. you were just saying just now how you don't really like football. Yeah, I, well, I like... I find it difficult because I identify so much as a football fan. Yeah. But I don't identify at all, really, as someone who likes football. And this World Cup is starting to change that a lot. Yeah. So you might know listeners, if you've been uh, listening for a long time, I'm a Cambridge United fan. And they are in the fourth tier of English football. League two. League two. Uh, I can't remember who sponsors it, but it might be (laughs) Coca-Cola. Give us um, some money, Coca-Cola, for saying your name. Skybet? Maybe Skybet. Oh, that sounds... Yeah, Skybet League 2. Uh, yeah, I think. Yes, so um, I I don't know any of the players in the Premier League. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's doing well and all that sort of thing. So most of the football conversation that happens just in everyday life, I'm excluded from because I don't really know enough to talk about it other than be like, oh, yeah, they are a team. <laughs> um, but I was talking to my boss at work about it and she was like but I think of you as someone who likes football and it's interesting like my team is my team and they're, they're, there are very few things closer to my heart than Cambridge United but, yeah. um, but football I didn't think it was a thing that it mattered to me and then the football season stopped yeah. and then the World Cup started up and it was like a fire had been lit in my heart again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is fantastic. There's football on every single day. More than one game a day as well. Three games a day sometimes. And it's just, oh, I I love watching sweaty men play with balls. <laughs> and also, I like football. <laughs> like, one of my favourite things at the moment is, so I, you know, as a delivery rider, I work only in the evenings. Mm. So I'll be at home in the daytime, and I'll be like... Having some lunch, and I think, oh, I'll just stick TV on, see what's on. Oh, some more football is on. Yeah, more like, football. Whenever I turn the TV on, football is on, and it is just great. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, that's the other point. Let's talk about delivery for a sec. Yep. So, yeah, this is interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm a delivery rider, and I usually love my job. Uh, it I get a lot of exercise. Um, a lot of the people in the restaurants are quite nice. Um, Sometimes customers are nice. Most of, I haven't had an unpleasant experience really? with a customer yet. So, um, because I, that's what I think about it. I think that it's kind of a wonderful job to do because if you think about any time you've ordered food, the feeling you get when that when the delivery person is there with your food is like one of the best feelings in the world. You're like, yes, the food is here. Do you mm. know what I mean? So I think it's a relatively easy job to um, like have pleasant experiences with customers over. Like more so than at a restaurant. Because at a restaurant, you can have an unpleasant experience with a customer and they can send the food back or whatever. But when you're delivering food, it's just like, yes, the food's here. Cool, we've got the food. Mm. And that's it. And that is the end of the transaction with the customer there is nothing more you can do and you didn't like you have no responsibility for the food really uh so if they have a problem with the food they phone the restaurant or whatever so, yeah so you still get paid whatever yeah although something that bothered me i was speaking to someone about it in like a pub mm. so uh, someone i didn't know 
and saying that they asked what I did, and I said I was a delivery rider. And they told me that they order whenever they order food from Deliveroo, they'll get it, and then they will say there was something horrifically wrong with the food and get it free. That is unethical. It's incredibly unethical. It doesn't affect the rider at all, though, which mm. is nice. Like, if it did, I'd be like, that is a fucking shit thing to do. But, um, yeah. Like, if you did, like, if it was like a chain restaurant, then, yeah. then fine. Fuck over McDonald's all yeah. you want. But, um. But if it was like a local restaurant or something, that's mm. like a really shitty thing to do, I think. Um, but. So, yeah, so last Monday, had a shift, three hour shift. Uh,. And there's a lot of waiting around involved with delivery. And I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I was waiting. And I made three deliveries in three hours, which means Ooh. I earned £4.25 an hour that evening, which is fucking shit. <laughs> um, and it was incredibly frustrating because it's a job that I really do enjoy doing. Um, but it like to have that like, frustrating experience it, it really like opens my eyes a little bit I think and if I had rent to pay mm. um luckily I live with my parents at the moment but you know if I if I had rent to pay or anything a child to support yeah or, or anything like that um then that can put me in a really difficult position mm. and at the moment the union for independent workers have just won the first court battle to get delivery riders, like, basic workers' rights, I think. Which I don't know how I feel about. Mm. Um, because, which, which sounds dumb. Because obviously I want workers' rights. But at the same time, the beauty of delivery is how flexible it is. And if I start having things like a minimum wage, guaranteed... Like, a guaranteed minimum wage, sick pay, and holiday pay, then is my job about to change drastically and not be so flexible because I'm going to have to be given fixed hours or whatever. Mm. So I just don't know. And I just don't know where it's going to go or where it's going to take me because this has happened before with Deliveroo and Deliveroo won. So mm. uh, won the right to keep everyone as uh, self-employed. So, and the, and the same thing is happening with Uber at the moment. Yeah. And I, I think that it's really, really interesting. And like, oh, no, he's offside. Oh no, he wasn't offside. Five one, blimey. Um. So yeah, I, I think that it's really really interesting because part of the reason why I don't use Uber is I know that it is exploiting the the drivers. I have a very good point about that that I will bring up in, uh, in regards to delivery. Anyway. Um, and, and I I think that really. The flexibility of, like, you work when you want and that sort of thing, that's how consultants and that's how contractors work. Yeah. You don't have to be self-employed. You can have a contract that contracts you for, for like, per hour. I don't. I feel like it's a relatively new thing to ask people to be self-employed on your platform. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, but getting a, a, a job like the ones that you were just sort of saying... Mm is also quite a difficult thing. And when you're in a position where you can't find another means of income. Mm. Well, then you're being exploited because you haven't got... I suppose, but... You haven't got those rights, so... Like, something that... So, so I've seen some people say that they're not using delivery until, you know, people get workers' rights, etc., etc., for the same same thing that you said you won't use Uber. Yeah. 
Now, as someone that works for a company like Deliveroo, if people don't do, use Deliveroo, I don't get paid. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, perhaps it's being exploitative or whatever, but from a worker's standpoint, it just makes me worse off. Like, it's not helping us as workers at all, I don't think. It's like... I don't know, but then you think that that, like, £4.25, is it, per yeah. delivery? That £4.25 that you're deprived on, you then get things like sick pay and rights and healthcare and uh, that sort of thing. So I think that it's it's a bit of a false economy. It's like it's like selling yourself short for 5p when you could have got 50. Yeah. But like for instance like my situation right now I can't because of the fact that I'm going to go and do a masters. Mm. Um I can't find a new job. Yes. Um, and no one wants to hire me. <laughs> um so delivery is all I've got. Uh and and as that quote from Atlanta says, poor people don't have time to wait. Yeah, that's exactly it. I don't like. I don't have the time to wait for like basic rights mm. <laughs> or anything like that. Um, speaking of Atlanta, I finished it last night. I finished the first series last night. Yeah, I haven't finished it. I'm very sad about it. The end of the, the like the second half of the first series is even better than the first. Like it is phenomenal. The last episode especially is really good. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, so, yeah, get on that. But, yeah, it's just... Oh, 5-2. Tunisia have just scored. Oh, that's a good good consolation for Tunisia there, at least. I, I do... I love the um, the casual sexism of, like, let's find the most beautiful girls in the audience <laughs> that we can focus on <laughs> for when this team scores. Yeah. Well, you know, that's fine. <laughs> like, Belgium were always going to win it, so yeah. at least it's not quite as painful for Tunisia. Um, Sorry, but yeah, no, I just... I just don't... I understand the perspective of, like, boycotting a company for... um you know, not paying their workers fairly or anything like that. But it, at the end of the day, doing that is actually going to really affect the people that are working there and mm. as well. And uh, I just don't, like, I don't think a couple of people boycotting... Uh, well, right, so this is going to... This, this is a whole other thing. I was going to say, I don't think, like, one or two people boycotting a company for those reasons is going to make any kind of difference, and it won't, but... Then you could argue that if no one boycotts, then no change is ever going to happen anyway. But mm. I just want to get paid. <laughs> just order your food through delivery and tip your riders, please. It's so appreciated. Even like a quid. Also, if you do tip on the app, all of the tip goes to your delivery rider. Delivery don't take anything from that. And if you are still paranoid about that, you can tip in cash as well. People, We do accept that. <laughs> so please tip your rider. Um, yeah. So... That I just wanted to sort of say that about Deliver. I think I think mm. it is a great like platform uh, for to, like to work with mm. and work for, and it is there's a good little like community with the delivery riders as well. Like I know all the the other ones in around my area, mm. um, but it can be frustrating. Yeah, and I I think that. I do see that there are a lot of positives, but I also see that there are some massive negatives that could be very, very easily solved uh, 
yeah. by someone in a head office of delivery of saying, well, don't worry about these, we've fixed them. Whereas they actually look at the budget line and say, oh, fuck them. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and like, like uh, there's a guy in a pizza shop um, that I was talking to who was really nice to me. Um, a lot of people in restaurants, well, some people in restaurants are really nice and some are just indifferent and some are just dickheads. Um, but he was saying to me, like, I was talking to him while I was waiting for a pizza to, to go and deliver, and he was like, this isn't your only job, is it? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, shit. That's, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But mm. it, it's great. I do enjoy it, but it gets incredibly frustrating sometimes. So, that is what I will say. Yeah. But this beer's good. <laughs> <laughs> this beer is very good. Have you finished it? I have finished mine. Oh, there you go now. I'm slacking. Yeah, you are. You're always slacking off. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I, uh, so there, there's a uh, instant messaging service called Slack that we use at work. And I, I it was on the phone to one of my colleagues. And I said, I'm slacking it to you right now. <laughs> and it took us a good 10 minutes before we got back on topic. Because we were just crying, absolutely crying with laughter. Because, I mean, it just sounds like you're jacking off, doesn't it? It just sounds like you're jacking off. Well, that's what you said, slacking off. I was like, hey. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Last beer is here. The last beer is here. It's called It's called Night Shift, and it's a black IPA. Mm. Now, we have a good, I have a good story about black IPA. Why don't you tell that? I'm going to go pee. In that. A week ago... Uh, we were going for some drinks at a friend's house, and uh, I arrived later than, than other people, and I got there, and Ben was going to the shop, uh, just as I just as I got there, and he was like, oh, Brian, oh, oh, okay, uh, I had a beer, and it was a black IPA, and I was nursing it and drinking it really slowly so that you could try it when you got here. Uh, but I just downed it. <laughs> so uh, I didn't get to try any of that, and I've not had a black IPA before. Um, but I'm quite looking forward to trying this. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's another fierce beer. It's called uh, Night Shift Black IPA. It's 6.5%. When the day shift is done, the night shift takes over. Let your inhibitions go with this deep black IPA, velvety and smooth, with a biting hoppiness that guarantees instant pleasure for a th and a thirst for more. Give in to it. That's very, like... Erotic, isn't it? I quite like that. Um, oh, but yeah, Atlanta. Um, all of the first series is on BBC iPlayer at the moment. Um, and I would really recommend going and watching it if you haven't watched it uh, before. Uh, it's a uh, Donald Glover. Uh, wrote, produced, directed. He didn't direct every episode, but he directed like at least one of them. Um, but it is very good. And Ben's back. How was your pee? It was very good. I, I liked that like, I left... For a minute, and then now you're talking about films. Atlanta. I was back on. Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? What? So you got to the end of your black IPA story. Yeah. yeah. It was just that you said that you were waiting for me to try some last week, and then just downed it before I even got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It was very good. The first, the first bit. In fact, it was this night shift. Oh, okay. it, yeah, it, and it was very, very good. Oh, that's all right. I don't feel like I've missed out too much. Mm. So, face east and uh, <laughs> pray silence for the crag. <laughs> oh. Make sure you're facing beer mecca. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, or as we uh, as we call her on uh, on weekends, Becca. <laughs> now I'd be interested to see what you can get on the nose from this because I it smells quite fruity, but I'm worried that that's just because of the other fruity beer that we've just had. What what are you getting? Uh, it does smell quite fruity. Mm. Do you want to read the story? Oh, I did that while you were in the uh, room. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I'm behind you on this one. Yeah, I just I took that as a good excuse yeah. to, uh, to do that. So I'm, I'm going to go in for the first sip, if, if that's all right with you. Yeah, go for it. I'm not yet. I've still got too much head. And it, yeah, it does have that tartness, but it is in between the, like, with the Belgian beer was quite full. And it had a lot of flavour to it, whereas the tartness was very, very light and on the tongue. Yeah. This is in between those on the spectrum. There is there is some flavour, but it doesn't stick around for, like, until you've died and signed your will and all that sort of thing. Okay. Oh, also, I would just like to apologise for the amount of sniffing I've done today. I've been really trying to curb it. It's the, it's the allergies. It is the allergies. It's the hay fever. Um, I, you, haven't, I, you haven't got some little, cheeky little... Histamines, have you? Antihistamines. Antihistamines. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've taken some. Huh? I got str- really strong ones as well. Jeez. I have to get them over the counter rather than off the shelf. Mm. Yeah, I want a prescription though. Be nice. Yeah, you got got to get on that NHS. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Right, let's give this a try. Mm, oh, that is good. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you look at it, and it is what it says on the tin. It's a black IPA. But in no way is it a stout. It doesn't taste like a stout at all. No, yeah, it does taste like an IPA. Mm. Good bearing. Yeah, and I suppose that's what I mean between the the, uh, the Belgian beer, which wasn't quite a stout, but was very flavourful, and, and the uh, the very, very light, fruity beer. Like a black IPA falls perfectly in the middle of those, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. What have you been watching? We haven't we haven't spoken about that yet. I'll be honest, and I've got to hold my hands up here. I haven't been watching anything. Oh wow! So I'm I'm in a play at the moment. It's mm-hmm. called Happy Birthday. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. But we're coming up. So tomorrow is the dress rehearsal. Cool. Um, and we will know our lines by the time that the curtain goes up. <laughs> But um, it is, it's really, really funny, but we had the rehearsal from hell oh God. yesterday. Oh. Uh, and that, we ha- that always happens, like, just before. I feel like that always, that, that's, mm. like, a very normal thing to happen just before it's happening. So, from my experiences with... Yeah, we had a, uh, a prompt. So you'd be like, oh, what do you mean that isn't going to happen? And they'd say... You mean, what do you mean that is not going to happen? And it would be just stopped every 20 seconds because you didn't get the apostrophe in the right place. It's like, oh my God. But the frustrating thing is, is not that we got interrupted. It's that it's so good and that you need to come watch it, everybody. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it starts on the, on the Friday. uh, So next Friday. If you're listening to it relatively presently, uh, and then Friday the 29th, Friday the 29th, and then runs for ten days or or ten nights, 
missing Monday. So that's however long. I think it goes on to the seventh or something like that. Yeah, I'm not going to come opening night. I'm going to give, right. give it a few days. Let you yeah. get settled into the performance. Let, let it then, boil. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm. I've already got a shift booked in for the opening. <laughs> um, that's all right. But yeah, it's it is funny. It like learning farces is a really eye-opening experience because farces are all about the chaos and that no one knows what's happening. But the most important thing in a farce when you're acting is that you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. it's chaos, but it's orchestrated chaos. I turn the TV off. The football is over. 5-2 was the score. It was. Uh, hopefully in two weeks' time, we will be able to say... 5-2 was the score. England, England Germany. England, the the quarterfinal won't have happened in two weeks, will it? Oh, I have no idea. Or the round of sixteen, I think maybe. I don't know. And then hopefully in like a month, a month time, we'll be sitting here off of, off of our faces. None of us have been to work for two weeks. Mm. National holiday for a month. Yeah, because England have won the World Cup. <laughs> it's happening. It's coming home. Put your home on it. <laughs> Remortgage your house. <laughs> We do not endorse free mortgaging. <laughs> imagine if you did that and that came through. I mean, imagine if you did it and it didn't. Which is the more likely scenario. Yeah, <laughs> which is the thing that is going to happen. Well, it's been a weird, weird World Cup so far, though. Mm. One of my favourite memes of this World Cup, actually, is it's coming home. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone knows what it means. Yeah. Everyone knows what it means. It's it's a mainstream meme, but it's still funny. Yep. Um, so what have I been watching? What have you been watching, Brian? The fucking World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of the World Cup. Uh, Bojack Horseman. I spoke about that last time, didn't I? Mm. I started, just started re-watching that again. I think I've just... And I watched the first episode of it and was like, this is a thing that I really need to watch. Now I'm going to go to a rehearsal. Yep. <laughs> I've nearly re-finished the first series. Um, but the Netflix has started tweeting about Bojack a lot recently. Mm. Uh, hyping up. The, the, to announce the fifth series. I think it's going to come out in September. That's a guess. I think they're going to announce a September release for it. Do you know what also is coming out in September? The Good Place. The Good Place. Oh, God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. An hour-long premiere. Mm. That's exciting. It's very exciting. Very exciting. I hope there's a musical episode as well. I do hope they do that at some point. Mm. I like that. that show, I like when shows do that. Yeah. And the I good can't wait for like... it to be like a like an English TV show thing because it's a very American thing. Yeah. But imagine like EastEnders with a musical. <laughs> well, and they do that for like children in need. Though, I suppose, yeah. Um, also, you wouldn't get it on a soap, I don't think. Yeah. Just to be pedantic. But... <laughs> or like <laughs> Hustle. Oh, do you remember Hustle? What a show! Hustle what is one of my show. favorite shows. Oh, I used to love I Hustle. I fucking love There's... Hustle. Man. I saw something that they're bringing it back. I'd be very excited if they did bring Hustle back. Hustle was so good. If you if you aren't English or didn't watch it, um, you aren't British, um, or don't have access to the BBC, uh, it was a show about grifters, was it? Was that what they were called? They, they grifters. Were, they were con artists. Con artists, yeah. So they would come up with the most elaborate schemes to trick rich people out of their money. And they would do it so well. Mm. And so it was a... a drama well comedy drama really mm. um not like a real life thing but the the lengths they'd go to sometimes were like phenomenal mm. um but robert vaughn has sadly died so we wouldn't get him in it 
But I mean, he wasn't in a lot of the last series anyway. I don't think. Yeah. So that's okay. But yeah, well, Mick, it, Mickey Bricks. Mickey and, Bricks. Uh, Danny Blue. Yeah. What a show! It was just fantastic, and there was always a denouement at the end where, uh, like, they'd completed the heist, and then there was a bit of character development at the end. Yeah, like, or like as well, like so so many times something would go wrong, and you'd be like, they're def. Well, that's it. They definitely. Yeah, yeah. They can't one. get out of this. And then this it shows the exactly how they already planned for it, and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, what a show! And um, they always do it to like just like greedy rich people. They mm. like so. There's a song by the Streets <laughs> called "You Can't Con an Honest John." You can't con an honest John. I love that song. Um, and that's very much what Hustle was about. They don't. Mm. They don't um, con like greedy, horrible rich people. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. It's something about like you meet a bloke in a bar. And you say to him, I've got this dog and it's worth a lot of money. Can I leave it with you? Yeah, I I still don't... Like, I listened to that song a lot recently. And I still just don't fully get it. I think I need to read the lyrics. Yeah. Along with it to get how it all works. But yeah. Hustle. I think it's on Netflix. If it's on Netflix, I'm binging. It, well, it as soon as I've got was. some spare time, I'm binging that. Yeah, it certainly was on Netflix at one point. It might be an iPlayer. Mm. Um, but yeah, Hustle. What a show. What, what an absolute show. Um, what else have I watched? Been watching more of It's Always Sunny. I say more of. Been rewatching the same. old. <laughs> the it's same, yeah. Uh, the Break with Michelle Wolf. Still good. Mm. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if you've watched any more of it. No, I need to catch up on it. I, I hope... She's relaxed a bit. I just she wanted to relax. Has, I yeah. I mean, I liked it at the start anyway, but at the end of the day, the show is it, the show involves her reading a lot of the auto cue. So I think if you pay too much attention to that, then mm. you you're just gonna never enjoy it. Yeah. But you just gotta like accept that that is very much a part of the show. Mm. Like John Oliver does the same thing. And, he does, but know. he does it in a mo- much more natural way than Michelle Wolf does it. I don't know. I mean, I suppose, but I just don't think she does it that unnaturally, personally. Mm. Especially now. I mean, I don't know. Watch Catch Up, see what you yeah, think. I, I, yeah, I think that I, we're talking about two different barometers. Yeah. Um, what else? I watched... Uh, oh, I watched Love, Simon. I've heard lots of good things about that. It was very good. It was just so lovely. Like, I, yeah, I would recommend watching it. I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I didn't, uh, but I sat and I watched it, and because uh, I thought something like really horrible was or horrific was going to happen in it, I don't know why. I just because it was about like a it's about like a gay teenager. I just thought something horrible was going to happen, uh, and like there are like there's not very conflict. nice. Yeah, there's 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 conflict in the film definitely, but there's nothing like that. I was like that was fucking horrible. Which rightly so, I think it's essentially like a just a gay teen rom com. Rom com, yeah. It's yeah. like that. That is essentially what it is. So, and uh, at the risk of sounding like a meme, it's twenty eighteen. We need some gay teen rom coms. Yeah, and it was it was really good mm. and quite funny. Um, and the acting was pretty good, pretty solid. Mm. Um, and. It had a really interesting portrayal of like high school students that's modern, I think. Like, mm. n- they weren't all fucking assholes. Mm. Like, I feel like that's often the consistent portrayal of like 
American teenagers is just that it's like they're all assholes and they're all horrible people. Mm. Uh, just in general, but they they weren't like everyone was relatively nice and relatively supportive or whatever in the film, apart from like one or two, which you're always going to get. So I think that was it. They did good. Uh, it was a good portrayal of it in uh, in that respect. Yeah, where did you watch it? Was it in a cinema? Uh, no, I just watched it. It was a fly. Yes. Um, no, I, I watched it just on a TV. Oh. It was good. Yeah. I would recommend. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've watched something else recently. I saw Jurassic World 2. Had I seen that last time we did the podcast? I don't think so. It, it, I mean, the way that you're talking about it, it sounds shy. Oh, in fact, I saw it the night of the the, the night after we did the podcast, like mm. the same day. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I thought it was okay. It was fine. It was. It was. Uh, there were parts of it that were good. There were parts of it that were pretty fucking <laughs> shit. Uh, and overall, I won't probably won't watch it again. I feel like that that's a film that needs to pass the Transformers test. Was there a point where everything seemed really, really bad and then somehow they tried a little bit harder and it worked out? No, not really. Okay. Um, yeah. It was just like they had stuff on the island which was really good. Mm. That was like good Jurassic Park type level shit and it was good and I enjoyed it. And then there was this really boring subplot Mm. (laughs) that then they like came together towards the end of the film and that was all fine but it was still like a bit like this has been done why are you diluting this yeah yeah. um and yeah like and there was these two like uh activist characters uh like young like this this one guy who was like a hacker or whatever he was like a right pussy, and uh, and then this like young uh, dinosaur vet woman, like she trained as like a, a paleo veterinarian or something. Oh so, my god! But she'd never actually seen a dinosaur. Yeah, and she they're working they're on they're part of this like save the dinosaurs activist group, and they were just really annoying characters, <laughs> and it was just like it was like. It was like a middle-aged person had seen like a caricature of like young activists mm. and written those as characters, and I was kind of like, "This is overdone now and it's, boring." Like, yeah. I just, this, it was just dumb. So, but you know, there was there was one or two ideas they played with that I quite enjoyed, um, and the, yeah, like I say, the stuff on the island was good, genuinely. Like, I mean, it's always good to see dinosaurs. I mean, it. dinosaurs are fucking cool, aren't yeah. they? It was the people stuff that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, that's the reason why walking with dinosaurs is so fucking compelling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in se- in second year at uni, uh, my ex just treated that as revision, and we just watched it, <laughs> and watched it, and watched it. It's so good. Walking with dinosaurs. I used to love that when I was younger. It's that incredible. Was shit. And what was that? They, oh, they had uh, there was a show called like Prehistoric Park with uh, it, was, it wasn't Michael Palin. Was it Michael Palin? I don't know. No, it wasn't Michael Palin, and it wasn't Alan Titchmarsh. But it was some kind of in the middle of Alan Titchmarsh and Michael Palin. And I can't remember who it was, <laughs> but it was like this. Uh, Alan Palin. Yeah, yeah. 
But it was like it was this show about this guy, and he like was setting up this uh, Jurassic Park type scenario. But it was, uh, but he was like traveling back in time and bringing it, bringing them back mm. to here and saying out and it was quite good like it was very informative like he'd go and it'd be like a nature show where he'd be like there and he'd be like oh look at the they're over there and they're doing this thing you know kind of like a David Attenborough type thing mm. um, but that was quite good I remember that prehistoric park I'm pretty sure it was called not at all a rip off of Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a yeah was it BBC or ITV one of the two I don't know mm. um but yeah, so yeah, Jurassic World wasn't great. I'm quite excited to see Incredibles 2. I haven't seen that yet. Going to make an effort in the next week, I think. Yeah, I, I've been in, interested to see the um, the meme and then the backlash against the meme of Incredibles 2. Of like, if any children come and see yeah. <laughs> Incredibles 2, I'm going to punch them. It's and like, then... I've waited 15 years for this. No child deserves to watch this film as much as me. I'm like, shut up, you mug what the fuck are you on about it's a kids film it is a kids film i mean like watch it enjoy it but for god's sake don't gatekeep it it was the same thing with toy story 3 and it was the same thing with the uh, monsters inc monsters university yeah people said exactly the same things and it was just like stop being obnoxious and Mm. an idiot like it's people is it's the absolute worst of social media like well, controversy means popularity type thing. Yeah. So as long as you say something that's ridiculous and a lot of people interact with, well, then you're you're winning. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on social media, which I've been. I suppose I've tweeted a fair amount, which mm. is just this perfect bubble of irony. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, social media is really getting me down at the moment. Or really? a, lot of, a lot of aspects about it. Like, I'm enjoying Twitter so much right now mm. because I uh, have no thoughts or agenda or anything and I just tweet random shit. And, like, I, I don't know. And I, it's, it's re- there's really not a lot of point to what I'm doing and mm. that's, what, that's what I'm enjoying about it. But there's so much... I'm not going to get into it right now because we really need to wrap up. Um, <laughs> because like we're, it's, we're at like an hour 40 almost. But um, yeah, I'm very disenfranchised with social media at the moment. Uh, apart from Twitter. Twitter. Well, I'm very disenfranchised. In fact, Twitter is the thing I'm most disenfranchised with. I'm just having a lot of fun with it on a personal level. <laughs> uh, which is a whole weird yeah, that's a weird dichotomy. Weird yeah. <laughs> so, um, you hear that, listeners? I use the word dichotomy. This is a highbrow podcast. <laughs> we drink fancy beers and use fancy words. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be back in two weeks. And yeah, will uh, your play be your play will still be on then, won't it? It will. Yeah, it will be the final few nights actually. So maybe we might be a bit late. Actually, yeah, I I won't be on on the Sunday, so. We can record it on Sunday. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. So I will have just finished my play. Cool. So uh, I will be very ready to get drunk after that. Yeah. So um, Sounds good. Until then, follow us on the social medias. Yep. We are producing a uh, <laughs> a business card, which I've sent to Brian for review. 
Oh, yeah, and I told you I was going to give you thoughts on that. Yeah, and you did not. It's not quite there yet. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, but, yes, we will. Uh, you will hear from us, and we won't hear from you, because no one ever gets in touch with us. But uh, <laughs> 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 you'll hear from us in uh, a couple in, of weeks. Yeah, two weeks, sorry. So thanks again for listening. Yes, and um, I just, like, it feels like the right time to bring this up. <laughs> uh, I love you. And <laughs> Brian's taking a sip. Mm. That's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening and goodbye. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.